With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Morning, good afternoon. We are, it's October 22nd, and today we're talking Knicks. It's the opening week of the season. The Knicks are going out to defend their title. Nope. Um, we were just kind of looking for them to show us something. We're not even sure what we wanted to see, but we saw it. But uh, before we dive in, let's uh, let's talk Knicks. The New York Knicks select Kristaps Porzingis. Post and toes, puffing and stuffing. Again, igniting and exciting the garden crowd. I'm Jake Storielli. You guys may know me from either talking Yanks or maybe you just know me. I don't know. I'm... I'm here with, uh, we, we kind of rotate some guys in. Today I'm here with uh, Greg Poon. Greg. Hey, what's going on? I wasn't, here last, I wasn't here last week. I was, I was drafting a fantasy basketball team for my friend from college. So, Priority. Yeah. I mean, I got so, him eating S. Cantor. Okay. Okay. So well, hopefully he's good. I don't know. Hopefully they track we'll talk. offensive rebounds. and. Yeah. We'll talk about him throughout points. the spot, I'm sure points given up um yeah greggy's greggy's a boston college guy knicks fan yanks fan we just talked some yanks we're a little sad about that they did their Um, best and yeah we uh you know again kind of if you joined us from talking yanks talking Knicks, we're we're fans this is kind of going to be the weekly show we're going to have some bias sometimes at times we're going (laughs) to crap on the knicks harder because we are knicks fans so we'll uh We'll get into it. This week, the Knickerbockers had two games. Uh, Their opening game was at Oklahoma City, where we just traded Carmelo Anthony to. So that was pretty convenient for the NBA. Yeah. And that's kind of crazy, dude. There's there was a lot of that. I'm starting to think the NBA. I'm not. I'm not going to call conspiracy theories, but I mean, like, like the I don't know Kyrie at the Cavs game one of the year. Yeah, Kyrie at the Cavs. I don't know. Like, I saw Tim Hardaway Jr. playing against his, dad, his son, man. his dad coaches. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know. I mean, that was game two. Like, that. <laughs> if the NBA is playing in that stuff, that's way too far. <laughs> but I don't know, kind of crazy. I mean, the Knicks, the Knicks looked okay for a while. They hung for the first, what, quarter and a half? Yeah, I think with and about then, four minutes left, all hell broke loose. It was uh, tied, and the Thunder just ended the the half on a 13 to two run that yeah, was... and they were th- that first game they were kind of playing kind of what we were hoping from Knicks basketball right I mean Cantor was kind of abusing them down low I, I we mentioned it on the season preview a little bit but he's a he's a good regular season player I mean you just he just gets so many easy buckets that just leak off the rim and other big guys are pulling dandelions pretty much yeah, he's like a, a Tristan Thompson if he's just committed fully to offense and not defense. Yeah. He just, like He uses his defensive energy to, to score baskets instead of playing defense. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I mean, the only – OKC ran away with it. I mean, they're, they're going to be – they're one of the few championship contenders this year. I, I mean, the – the thing of note that's going to be a topic throughout the season and later in the show, I mean, the point guard play was just atrocious. That that was the only thing that really jumped off the page. I mean, the bigs kind of did some good, some bad. Chris Stapps looked pretty good. The wings didn't play great, but they weren't terrible. I mean, there was a part of the game where Ron Baker and Sessions looked like guys that shouldn't be in the league. Yeah, no, I mentioned it to you. While we were actually watching the game, I said, Ramon Sessions looks like he's never passed the basketball before. Ron Baker looks like he's never dribbled a basketball before. And Frank looks like he's never played basketball in his entire life. Those, yeah. first, those first four minutes that he got in, he just looked like he wasn't ready. He's, his arms weren't up on defense. He was just, like, squirming around. He looked like on offense, uh, 
one time there was an outlet to Tim Hardaway Jr. Frank just went to went to get the the ball because he's the point guard and he just ran into Tim Hardaway, slowed yeah. down the fast break, and then on, when he actually had the ball, it looked like he was pretty set on the set plays and not ready to go with the flow of the offense. Like if if the play was to pass it to this person, that's what he was about to do, no matter what. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, any any other thoughts on the the Thunder game? I, the only other thing that's jumping out, and again, it we'll we'll talk about it because I think it's more of a main topic. But um, I mean, Willie Hernan Gomez didn't get in until like four minutes left in the game or something like that. Yeah, that was bad. But that was kind of tough, and I I don't know. I mean, that's the glutton of bigs that we've talked about, and we're we're gonna circle around on that. So I mean, that's then. Again, talk more about Frank. He he got in at the end, the end with uh, Hernan Gomez, and he looked he looked ready to play basketball. Yeah, he you could tell. I mean, he airballed his first two shots. He clearly yeah. came out jittery and was, I don't know. We uh, the Lonzo Ball Beverly thing got a lot of love because yeah. it's Lonzo and Beverly's a defensive stud. But yeah, I mean, I you feel bad. You're putting a 19 year old kid out there against Russ in yeah. OKC his opening night. So that was tough, but Yeah, so right. I think he'll be fine. It was just a bad first couple minutes, but at the end I yeah. felt better. I was like, okay, he belongs on the court at least. Yeah. So the second game they played this week, they had their home opener. Um and they played really well to start. They I so they played Detroit they went up 21 points like mid second quarter and they were playing really good basketball. Again, Chris Stapps had another good game. Um, Cantor was banging again. Again, he just, cause he doesn't even get like mean offensive rebounds. Like you see a guy snare one on the boards. You're like, Whoa, like that guy's banging. Like even like airballish type shots that Nick the rim and stuff. Cantor's just there. And that, that was pretty cool when, when that was rolling, and I guess the the follow up statement with the point guards is that uh, <laughs> I, the way I put it was that game Sessions and Baker both played like decent backup point guards. <laughs> yeah, that's they, tough. They, they both came in and kept it going a little bit, but it was still like a clear weakness. Um, yeah. And Frank Frank was out this game, and I I guess the the only other thing that jumps to mind with me was that Tim Hardaway Jr. came out pretty cold. I think he was 0 for his first six or 0 for his first seven, and then he either went three for three on his final threes or three for four, I forget. But that that was good to see. At least Timmy Timmy got something clicking. Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch the game, but I've, I've looked at the, the box score and read, read through most of the play-by-play. And, I mean, it looks like Baker did a, a pretty good job with his uh, – 15 minutes, but then it looks like Sessions, like you said, looked like a backup point guard, but he was he was playing starting point guard minutes, 33 minutes, uh, minus 11, led, led, or led the team. I don't know, led? Is that the right word? <laughs> minus 11? Kind of. And uh, then just the end of the second quarter, beginning of the third quarter is where they lost the game. When they were they were up twenty one, and then with they were up twenty one with three forty one left in the second, and they cut it. The Pistons cut it to thirteen by half, and then beginning of the second half, the Pistons just went on like a what an eight oh nine oh run, cut it to four to, at the very beginning. Yeah, that that was clearly the difference in the game. I I we've been writing a kind of post game summaries, kind of from our from our opinions and man, I, I, I watched the game this morning cause I watched the Yanks live last night, man, Anthony Tolliver, who he comes up on my list of like, I get it. Like he's a wing. He plays solid defense. He, he can do a lot of everything kind of okay. He's annually. If you look at just stats accumulated per minute played, he is just one of the lowest for whatever reason he gets, 20 to 25 minutes on every team he plays on and he averages three, one and one, but the coach loves him because he like hustles and plays defense. The Knicks made him look like Scotty Pippen. He was running around the court. It was just grabbing boards. Like he was doing like cool passes, which like wasn't, I've never thought I'd say Anthony Tolliver was throwing cool passes, but um, they got killed on the wing and 
so what led me into this, which I, I didn't know where it would come up, but I'm kind of glad it came up now because it's it's been one of the biggest things I've been thinking about is that, you know, the NBA is a game of streaks, right? You, you just see it happening. When one team gets the momentum, a big yeah. part is limiting the other team's momentum. That's just kind of how the NBA is with that many talented people once the ball gets rolling. So then normally a team looks for a stopper. Usually it's their best player or something like that, you know. You know, it's it's kind of hilarious when teams are in that tough moment. They usually break down and just go, "Okay, let's go ISO ball," which just fuels, which <laughs> just fuels team. the other team pretty much. But the thing that kind of caught me, and I I think we're gonna see a lot of it during the next season, is that you know, I I say you go to your stopper, and hopefully Porzingis is that for us. Maybe Tim Hardaway Jr. finds a knack in those situations. But I think what's going to lead back to a lot of the Knicks' problem is that point guard play. When we're when times when the other team starts going, at the ball's going to be in our point guard's hands at some point, <laughs> and that's yeah. kind of a bad sign. So I I I think that's my kind of what to watch for in the coming weeks is when the other teams start getting momentum, the Knicks might like I don't want to say Achilles heel because I think a lot of things could be their Achilles heel, but I think when other teams go on streaks, it's just going to be ugly. Yeah, and uh, with with Porzingis being the best player, he's 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 not bringing the ball up the court. That's the problem with with the point guard. With like uh, last year, Melo, even if he's playing power forward, you can give him the ball, have him bring the ball up the court. But you're not going to give the ball to a seven three guy to bring the ball up the court. You, you're going to be relying on your point guard a lot. And unless Tim Hardaway Jr. starts showing more, and I'm sure I'm sure they'll give him the keys to the kingdom eventually, anyway. So they'll be bringing yeah. it up. But you'd you'd like to see a point guard just I don't know. They they literally just need someone who doesn't turn it over and who does just knock down an open shot. That's all they want, and they they don't have that for some reason. It seems like a fairly straightforward job description for an NBA player, <laughs> yeah. but like, don't make a fancy pass. Just move the ball around. Um, uh, it's Ron Baker the other day when he, he made a decent defensive play, tipped the ball, started the fast break, did a behind the back pass to Carmelo Anthony, who was no longer on his, or no, to Raymond, <laughs> Raymond, Raymond Felton, who was no longer on the Knicks and Felton just passed it up to uh, Carmelo Anthony for fast break three. It's like, what are you doing, Ron Baker? Yeah, that that was that was pretty demoralizing. Yeah, and then Ron Baker had his got his cookies taken by Raymond Felton, also, and just like this guy is forty five years old. That how <laughs> how how are you letting him do that? And it was it's funny. Just, I, I was talking to my Oklahoma City fans, and they were like, "Man, Felton might be decent if he got in a little better shape." And I was like, "This is Felton in his best shape." Yeah, you should see what I've seen. Yeah. The uh, thing about those cookies is that Baker was, like, trying to make it so that Felton couldn't steal the ball. It's not like he was trying to cross him up and he stole it. He was just, like, yeah, <laughs> literally back to him, warding him off. And Raymond Felton yeah. stole the ball. So we'll see what happens going forward. <laughs> yeah, it's let's. Not, I, I feel like promising. we're – I feel like we're not done with this, but we'll we'll keep it moving for now. Let's let's, uh, let's get to the positives. Yeah, and well, let's <laughs> we'll see how many of those there are. But we'll uh, you know, our we we're gonna kind of divvy this into segments. If if you guys, the fans, have some suggestions for different things, you know, we we like to keep it cute and fun. Uh, for our t- small topics to kind of get the ball rolling, I'm gonna call them the layup line. Layup line. That's how you get warm. That's how you get it going. Um, so just kind of some of the layup line topics, I think, that cover this first week. We had a lot of debuts. I, I kind of I want to divvy them out kind of between the bigs and the smalls a little bit. So let's let's go. Um, I don't know. Let's kind of start with Cantor, McDermott and Beasley's debuts. What what do you think about them? I mean, I like Beasley a lot. One of my favorite players ever. You think the talent's there. He's a psychopath. Which I love. That's what I'm about. Yep. And uh, I mean, unfortunately, that first game he comes in, knocks down the three, and lands on Westbrook's foot. 
sprains his ankles out for the rest of the game. But I mean, that three was was promising. You know, you'd like to see yeah. him playing the four, being able to stretch the floor. Uh, fortunately, he's not hurt. I didn't see him yesterday, but he got he got back in already, which is good. I'm sure he's probably still hurt. If he he didn't look like he was walking very well after that first game, so hopefully he'll yeah. progress still. He looks solid. He uh, looks solid the second game. I mean, then McDermott. I mean, we want him to be a shooter. He's been missing these these first few games, but. It's, it's that's just shooting. Sometimes it goes in, sometimes it doesn't, and hopefully it, at some point it'll start going in. And then uh, Cantor, you want to talk Cantor? Yeah, I mean the I I think Cantor was doing some kind of great stuff. What we've expected from Cantor, it felt like both games he only did it in the first half, which I I don't know. I mean it's also how the game's going. I think it's also also rotations, which is obviously a popular topic. Um, early in the season. Cantor's look good. I mean, the I, I guess my only question mark at this point is, you know, can can he do it for like a whole game? Because right now I feel like both games he almost dominated a quarter slash a chunk of the first half, and then the second half he was kind of MIA. But, um, yeah, I and my, my big thing to note amongst those guys – you nailed Doug. He's going to shoot. <laughs> some days they'll drop. Some days they won't. He's he's looked pretty solid. Um, Beasley, my kind of what to watch for there is, so obviously he does kind of unique stuff on offense. You're wondering if he can be the Knicks kind of second unit, go to whatever it is, kind of a point forward facilitator. Like a Derek um, Williams we had a few years ago. Yeah, a little something like that. Um, you know, uh B squad Lamar Odom, if you want to think of it like that, whatever it is. Um, I I would say, so we'll <laughs> I keep saying we're gonna delve into things. We already are. Uh the the other thing that jumped out and was one of my main topics was our wing defense, which I you know, any defense of the Knicks is gonna be kind of sloppy this year. But <laughs> like I said about Anthony Tolliver and um Anthony Tolliver looked good, which should say enough. But uh, Tobias Harris toasted us. I'm, I'm not going to talk about the OKC wings because they toast pretty much everyone in the league. Um, man, on the wing, Beasley could become – Beasley could become a finishing guy for this team when we're in games because I think he's our best defensive option on like a 3-4 hybrid type player. Yeah. So, so, so who would you want to be in that lineup? I'd, I'd say – we try to go with Lee Hardaway. Hopefully, one of them would be able to handle the point guard duties. Then Beasley, Porzingis, and a center. Is that? Yeah, something that like that. that. Yeah, I, I think the Knicks. At a certain point, you have to live with your best players on the court. <laughs> bold, yeah. bold, bold strategy there. Um, yeah, you either Cantor, uh, O'Quinn's been playing great. Hernan Gomez, um, you know that the end of the game partially a couple positions come down to feel, you know, whoever's having a day. Yeah. Um, they, they could start doing offense, defense stuff. So we'll see. Um, that will, uh, we'll segue that into, um, and then I kind of went back court, but I left out a very notable name cause he'll, he's coming up next, but, uh, sessions and Tim Hardaway jr. Debuts. What, what do you got on them? I mean, sessions, Thumbs thumbs down. Just he's a backup point guard. That's what he is. And when you put a back guard backup point guard as your starting point guard, you notice it. There's a reason that he he was on the Hornets bench last year, a team that didn't make the playoffs. And he should not be starting. Ever. <laughs> I'd say I'd say uh, 29 other teams in this league are aware of that. And, they have addressed their point guard situation accordingly. Unfortunately, the Knicks are not one of those teams. And then, I mean, Hardaway, he's good. We know he's good. It's there. He's just had a couple off games. I mean, he's he's made some shots. He's missed some open ones. But, I mean, that happens. He's just, just – it, it wouldn't be as noticeable as if we were in the middle of the season already. You have a couple bad games. But if you start the season with a couple bad games, then people are starting to talk. But – that's, that just happens. You know, he's a good player. He'll be there. He'll be. He'll start hitting his shots, and then hopefully he'll be a good complement to Porzingis. 
Yeah, the, I, I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr. at the end of that second game looked like what we signed up for. I mean, obviously expecting three of three or three of four from three is too high, but Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to be good. We're The, the question kind of is like, how good is he going to be? Is he going to be 14 points per game? Is he going to be 18 points per game? So we'll see. Um, and yeah, Sessions, he pretty much pegged. I will say in the second game, he looked better, but it, I mean, just not, I mean, not a threat at all. It's like, what what part of Ramon Sessions' game do you fear? Like, defense, driving, passing, shooting? Like, no. Like, he's he's very okay at all of that. But yeah. I, I don't know. There's, there's not one thing that you could say, well, even if Sessions draws a tough matchup, you know he's going to be solid on defense or you know he's going to be swinging the ball. Like, he doesn't – I don't know. That's – we – I, that's that's going to bring us right into our our mid-range floaters. The the getting warm and starting to take your shot. Everyone loves a good mid-range floater. And it's uh, Frank Nitty. So Frank Nidalekina made his debut. He's also he, – he got hurt in practice, and he's already been nicked up. I'll, I mean, I'll start it off. He, he obviously was shook in that first game, which is more than fair. And then he came in, and he looked a little more respectable. And then he rolled his ankle again. It's – I, I don't know. You, you Again, what could you really expect from him coming in? I I think it's <laughs> much more realistic what happened than if he came in and <laughs> put up even a 12 and five. <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, when your expectations are there, it is what it is. I, at this point, you just want to see him get healthy and at, you kind of want to see his identity start to form, right? Just how I talked about Sessions. Sessions doesn't have a go-to anything right now. I think at the end of the year, if you could look at Frank and say, wow, he's he's either had some good passes or, you know, his shot's pretty decent or he's doing good stuff on defense, I think that's kind of what, what you're looking for. But we'll, we'll see if we get there. Yeah, I mean – he is so young. I mean, we knew this when we drafted him. We knew he was a long-term pro- prospect, so we weren't we weren't ready. We weren't we didn't think this was going to be a twenty-point debut from Frank. So, uh, I liked his size. He was he's a big guy. He's got long arms. He's skinny. He's going to put on some pounds in the next couple of years. But that happens to every Porzingis was a tiny tiny guy when he got here. He's built now, and uh, so. He's going to take some time. We know that. Hopefully he develops his shot. Doesn't airball every single time this year. I mean, so far, two games, through two games, he's airballed every single shot, which is not what you want. <laughs> Hopefully we can change that. That was, that was not the goal coming into the year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I like him. I like him. I like what we got. He's going to take some time. Not ready to hit the panic button on him. He just was. He was shook, like you said, game one. Just get some nerves out. He'll be fine. Yeah, at this point, it's kind of get him, get him a hundred percent healthy. He's already dipped his toe in the water. Let's, you know, don't give him too much. Let's see what he's got naturally, and then kind of fall from there. Yeah, you'd like um, to see him playing like twenty minutes per game, maybe after, after game twenty, try to get him up to there. These first twenty games, I, I don't think he's going to be there yet. He's probably just going to be where he is right now. Yeah, that's obviously one of the big things to watch for the Knicks is how Frank develops basketball-wise, minute-wise, you know, and what goes on with Sessions Baker. Does another body have to be brought in at a certain point? Yeah. Um, I, I I think we need to nip this in the – well, no, we'll <laughs> – I was, I was going to go on a Ron Baker spiel. We'll we'll catch up to that later. I, well, I don't I have got, the heart for <laughs> I got a good uh, – I got a good uh, comparison for uh, – Sure. For Sessions. Sessions is kind of like Chris Carter for the uh, Yankees this season. You know? <laughs> He's just like, we we need a first baseman. We need a point guard. This guy, I guess. But he's bad. He's bad. He shouldn't. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's just, he's not good enough to be getting the minutes he is. Yeah. Like Chris Carter can hit a home run. We know that. But he, he shouldn't be getting five at-bats a game, four at-bats a game. <laughs> Especially for an ALCS team. Yeah, fortunately. Fortunately, they got rid of that problem. So hopefully the Knicks are able to do the same. Yeah, I 
That's probably why I made the comparison as like a very wishful. Yeah, I think that's if, we'll we'll turn that into a borderline hot take. If if the if the Knicks end the year without Ramon Sessions on the roster, I think that'd be okay. Which is kind of mean. I don't love saying that. Uh, the the other thing I have in mid range floaters is that man Porzingis brought it. I mean, what yeah, he's, he's good. The if I don't, it could have been everyone's number one question. It's definitely a top three question, but it was gonna. How does Chris Stapps play being the one option? And he's balled out so far. He's um. I mean, what's he doing right now? He's 32 points per game, eight and a half boards, one block, one and a half assists, 28 PER, if that means anything. Uh, homeba- homeboy's been balling, and he tried to do some, like, mean stuff in that OKC game. Yeah, he was missing he some, was, some He was trying to dunk on dudes and all that. So, Chris Stapps has looked good. I, my It got noted in the broadcast, and you're – your brother and another a lot of basketball correspondent Ken Poon said that um, you know he wanted us to note that Porzingis was posting up uh, well Stanley Johnson but more importantly like <laughs> it's kind of funny because there's post up moves and then there's just being big and he was saying that Chris Epps was just flat out just shooting over him like kind of <laughs> yeah. kind of doing that and I thought it was you know you you start wondering you know if Porzingis, I, he's not going to finish the year at 32 points a game. I'll, I'll hot take, but <laughs> Porzingis, I don't know. You start thinking signature moves, which is kind of funny. And I think when Porzingis gets remembered or hits his stride as a perennial all-star or whatever it is, man, just a pick and roll. When they pick and roll with Porzingis and he catches it smoothly, there's nothing the defender can do. It's a yeah. seven foot three guy shooting a three ball. <laughs> so when I, I think that's kind of going to be like the go-to, like when they show like a Chris Stapps is highlight reel, there's going to be three of him just screen pop bang. Yeah. And I think uh, he's definitely jump shot is going to be his thing. He's going to be a jump shooter. He's going to be one of the best shooters in the game, but game one, we were seeing him drive a lot, and he was doing a good job. He was he was finishing at the rim. He had some really nice layups in traffic. So I, I didn't expect that. You don't expect that from a seven foot three guy being able to get through the lane and finish somehow. But he was able to do that. I was surprised. And I'm happy to see that. I, I want to see him. Uh, I know last year a lot of the time he was working on his like uh, post up fade away, post up turnaround jumper, and it was bad last year. I haven't really seen it this year. Hopefully he's he's still committed to that. Basically like his his version of the Dirk shot where it, yeah. where it's unguardable. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully he works into that. He's going to be catch and shoot. I think he's going to be dominant. He just yeah, needs... It's, it's going to be fun, right? Like he's probably yeah. going to have a, a bunch of nights where he, he kind of does these mid-30 games, and then there's going to be a couple nights where it's not there and it's, it's going to be ugly all around. But that's fine. Like let – We'll, we'll let him figure it out all year. Yeah. Um, I would say, and the other thing on that, I mean, that's probably another next step for him is getting to the free throw line a lot because he's a good free throw shooter. And it's, I mean, you look at the top free throw shooters in the league, well, minus like guys like Drummond and DeAndre Jordan, attempt-wise, like it's a lot of the best players. I mean, James Harden gets a free like 15 points per game. <laughs> he, he just gets free throws, so. I, I'm sure that's something Chris Stapps has been focusing on, and you could just tell it in his takes. He's being hyper aggressive right now, which is cool. Yeah, he's gonna have to learn how to draw draw fouls on the jump shot too. Like we're saying, yeah. I know Dirk was good at that. You get him with the pump fake, kind of lean in a bit, and then you still get like a pretty good look. You get yeah, a hit, he, but you, you you shoot it still. He he got Stanley pretty good. It was pretty uh. Stanley gave him, like, a big bump. Like, the whole crowd gave, like, a whoa. Like, you kind of got to call that when they threw it to Barzingas in the post. And they didn't. And then, um, so Porzingis went, all right. And he posts him up, and he did just that. He got Stanley's arm through there and did the Durant-Rip move pretty much, yeah. and he got an and one. So that was pretty cool. Nice. Good to hear. Chris Stapp's good. <laughs> so part of the – one of our – Closing for the main topics. Right now, I named it the dagger just because I 
I don't know. I was trying to think of something at the end of the game. Like my second best idea was called drawing up the play. Cause that's an important part of it. And I was like, that's the biggest loser thing I've ever heard. So if you guys have a better term than the dagger, send it over. But, and it's, this was funny, especially when, when <laughs> we did talk in Yanks this year, it was kind of funny. Cause I'd say every one out of four weeks, there was like an injury or a trade and something that you were like, okay, this is the big topic we have to discuss. For a lot of weeks, kind of the main topic is like, was what are we? Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't want to put the Knicks there, especially after two games. But I, I literally did list it as what are the Knicks? And I guess more so reactionary wise, like the Detroit game, they blew a 21 point lead, which I don't like, but I, I kind of like that they lost. Like, at the end of the day, we're still playing for a lotto pick this year. Is it – should we be happy win-lose all year? Like, is that, like, the most optimistic thing ever? Like, where where should we be on this? Yeah, I mean, I would never root against the Knicks in a game. But when they lost to the Thunder, I, like – I didn't feel, like, dead inside. Like, when, right. your, te- when your team loses a game, you're like, oh, my God, that's the worst. You, sh- you saw – Chris Stapps do some good things. You were like, wow, all right, that was good. Then you saw some bad things. You're like, that wasn't good. But then they lose the game by 20. That's fine. That's fine by me. Not happy about it, but I'm not, not going to be upset. Right. And- it's it's a weird mix of emotions. Like, I, I my joke was, I, and I actually said it was, I wanted the Knicks to start off the year playing kind of okay just get crushed like during December and January when teams start like fully trying play decent again, like right after the all-star break and then just fully tank again. Now I think I'm changing that to like, I think I need the Knicks winning like one every three games that gets them kind of around their projected record and like winning at the garden just cause that's, that's more fun. (laughs) So, but like, that's such a crazy mindset. Like I, (laughs) part of me hates it. Part of me likes it. Yeah, there's just no expectations this year. With Carmelo Anthony on the team, it was like, nice. Maybe we could get the eight seed. But, I mean, the eight seed's still bad in the East, but the team that they have right now, there's just not – it doesn't look like they could make the playoffs on their a, on their best day. That's a great point. That during the Carmelo years, especially with those – that, like, one-and-a-half seasons, the Knicks were, like, really good, you, you kind of kept – you had it in the back of your head, like, well, if Porzingis takes the jump and Ramon Sessions is actually good at basketball and Tim Hardaway Jr. can score 30 a night, okay, yeah, the Knicks could do something. This year, there's just, like, too many. You're just – yeah, you you can't even be hopeful for that, really. So, Yeah, I just don't envision – going into the season, I haven't envisioned the playoffs. I haven't thought about it. I just don't think it's a realistic option at this yeah. point based on – Trading away your best player for Enos Cantor. It's not. <laughs> that's the thing that they did. And, Old strategy, uh, Cotton. Uh, I got I to gotta go off about the the, Cant, the Carmelo trade now. Please. It's just for a little bit. Please. It looked fine based on, like, what the available options were. But now that we see Hernan Gomez not getting in the game because we have Enos Cantor, that trade is – Horrible. That's an absolutely yeah. terrible trade. We, you, you got like the talent level of a play, of of player you wanted from a Carmelo trade in Enos Cantor, but that is not the right position. You, we have a logjam at center. We have, you know, three center, three actual centers already, and then our best player is seven feet three inches tall, and we're gonna say that he's not gonna play a center, or you. Are you sure? You might <laughs> yeah. you might have to play center at some point since you're the tallest person on the team. That's just like that's just basketball rules from <laughs> basketball one oh one. Parks and rec to, to whatever. I mean, I'm five ten. If I'm if I'm at the gym, I'm the tallest person. Hey, you're the center, go post up. Right. That's that's just happens. So we trade Carmelo Anthony and we get the one position that we don't need. And that that hurts. That's that's hurting because Coming in this year, I think a lot of Knicks fans, including myself, were like, all right, we have Porzingis, 
Hardaway Jr. and Hernan Gomez, and we're going to develop them as our core three going forward. And then game one, you see Hernan Gomez not get into the game until they're losing by 20 with three minutes left, and you're like, wow, we, what's going on? How is this going to affect our future? Is this guy actually the center of the future, as all of us Knicks fans thought, or is he actually sitting on the bench in a game one of the season? Yeah, I, I made the joke to you live when it was happening that, you know, bold strategy by the Knicks to put in their second best player with only four minutes left in the game. Yeah. Because that's – you could feel that way about w- Willie Hernan Gomez and not necessarily be wrong. Like, yeah. it's half-joking, but, like, he is – he's a young Enos Cantor kind of right now. Enos is a little better on the boards, but, like, Willie's all-around game could be much better than Enos Cantor. Yeah, Willie has potential on offense. He was developing a jumper last year. I mean, yeah. that, so, he's got Marcus all potential on offense. I'm, I'm going to bring this. So we're going to do the awards segment. I, I mean, I copied a lot from Talking Yanks because it kind of worked, baby. Um, so I'm, we're, we're going to do our awards. This one was straight thief. I'm going to do my pride of the Knicks. And I'm, I'm going to choose Kylo Quinn because I, he's – he's the missing part of the conversation we just had, right? Kylo Quinn, we kind of got, you know, a young, talented guy who I think he needed an opportunity to play more. And the way the NBA has developed around him has benefited him. He's, he is now kind of the, the perfect bench four or five guy. He comes in and bangs. Dude, his, his emotion and stuff in the home game was awesome. He was he went crazy eyes at one point on the ref. He was freaking out on the bench. He he put up, what was it, 16 points in 20 minutes, something like that. That's, those stats aren't right, but I'll, I'll throw them out there. Um, he Let me get the actual number. He went 24 minutes, 6 of 7 from the field, 3 of 3 from the free throws. So he had 15 and 7 boards and 3 assists in 24 minutes. And, man, this – Here's another guy cutting into Willie's minutes, but you feel <laughs> it's kind of messed up. You feel like he should because yeah. he has a different game than <laughs> Willie and Cantor. <laughs> but, man, he – so I, I'm going to – I guess I'll pat Hornacek on the back, not that he really deserves it, but something that was kind of cool that I mentioned um, in the postgame wrap-up, maybe I didn't, was – the Knicks are running a lot of their offense through their big man, which, you know, makes sense because, A, you don't have a point guard. B, Porzingis and, well, when Cantor gets the ball, he's a black hole. But usually he puts himself in a position when he gets it, he's in a good shot, good spot to operate and do what he does. But O'Quinn, Porzingis, even Willie, I mean, they're – I even mentioned Noah when he gets back because if you have to give him anything, the guy's a good big man facilitator. They're they're going to be putting a lot of pressure on the defenses that way, which is going to be interesting to see. I I would say, I mean, do you think this is kind of the hot topic? Do you think the Knicks are auditioning O'Quinn to be traded? How how do you see this big man stuff figuring itself out? I think they have to be because I know last year they were thinking about trading him just because where they were and where he is, he's good. He's a good player. So that's the only reason I can see. It's like, ah, I can't, I mean, I can't fully understand her and Gomez not playing, but since you have Cantor and you have O'Quinn who are two centers who deserve to play and there's only 48 minutes in a game, that's why he's not playing, and that's why they have to get rid of him. They have to get rid of somebody, and it's either going to be O'Quinn or, or Hernan Gomez, but we all believe that Hernan Gomez is a future face of this franchise, not the face, but one of them. So you have to believe that O'Quinn is is going to be gone, and he, he only makes $4 million, which is great, and he's good at basketball. He's He has the energy. He'd be perfect for a playoff team. And he'd, you, lo- he'd be, you love he'd be the guy. Le- he'd be legit perfect for a playoff team. I mean, energy big guy off the bench who can get buckets and do his thing. We'll, we'll see. I mean, you wonder if it could turn into a salary cap transaction or something like that where the Knicks can 
trade him and get a little more assets if they eat some cash somehow or something. It's yeah. it's something to watch for. I just the tough part about the NBA is I mean when when do trades start? I mean teams yeah. are still trying to figure themselves out for at least twenty games. Yeah. So and if we're gonna leave Willie Hernan Gomez on the bench for twenty games, I mean that just seems like a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah, I so, think last year there was rumors that the the Knicks were looking for a first round pick for Kylo Quinn. So I think that might just be Phil Jackson being Phil Jackson and just thinking that he can get more than he can get, passing on Derrick Rose for Ricky Rubio because he wants some other random guy on the, the Timberwolves involved. So I think if they yeah. can get a second-round pick from a team, hopefully from one of those, I don't know, top 10 teams, and hope that those teams own a better second-round pick from somebody else. Yeah. So we, we want to pick basically – I don't know, 40 to 45, hopefully, for a yeah. win. I think that's what you settle for. I, I think you'd be okay with that. But, man, he, he's kind of been balling. If, if, this, if this is a genius audition plan and it keeps working out, I, I could see them getting the first easily. Or, like I said, I, you know, you don't want to strap yourself cap-wise because of Kylo Quinn. But if you could do, like, one of those Brooklyn Nets trades where you eat yeah. a mad contract – get a player, ideally a point guard, and maybe a first-round pick, I mean, that would be absolutely ideal. But So let's trade uh, – let's get Emmanuel Moutier. How about that? Man, it ran through my head the other day. I mean, the only thing that I think is not in the Knicks' favor, favor as I say now, is that they just cut Jameer Nelson, which was a huge sign of faith that they <laughs> believe in Moutier. So I'm guessing Moutier isn't at his low point value-wise within the Nuggets. A, a couple tough games, maybe we'll see. But I don't know. That would – I mean, an, he's – Another yeah. young point guard seems like a necessity. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not starting, at least. That's the good thing that we can think. They got Murray and Harris starting right now. Yeah. For, it's, for the time being, at it's, least. It's – it's kind of funny. You click around games in the league and you see other teams back up point guards and you're like, wow, I'd kill to have that guy running my, my <laughs> yeah. running the show for the Knicks, which you have to think it turns into a body at some point. But again, we'll see who you got. Yeah. And I, who, I mean, the Nuggets are the type of team who might need a, type, a player like O'Quinn too. So yeah. hopefully that, I mean, let's keep it. Let's mark that down and hope that that happens at the trade. Marking that down, hoping that happens. Greg, right. give me give me your uh, pride of the Knicks this week. I mean, I'm gonna go with the obvious choice. Chris Porzingis, just clearly the best player on the team. He's you see him working on his game, which is good. He's he's being a leader. He's being aggressive. You see him driving. You see him shooting. You see him doing other stuff. Everything, basically. You're not seeing much from anybody else, but he's he's not getting down. He's just continuing to be aggressive throughout the entire game. Last night, he started, what, 7 for 7? 19 points. Like you love to see that from your best player. Even in a, when you're having a down year, that's what you want. You want him to develop. The goal this season was to have Porzingis develop into something so that he can lead us to a championship in the future. And it looks like he's doing that. Yeah. He, he's looked really good. And I, you know, we talked a little bit because I mean, every week this year, one of us could say Przingis is the pride of the next. So it's tough, but this week he actually was because I mean, man, like you said, this was his first time as the dude and (laughs) kind of at the Knicks. There was no one else you could really pick on the Knicks that you said. (laughs) I mean, O'Quinn balled out pretty good. Chris Dabbs balled out pretty good. Outside of that, I mean, then it kind of drops off to, like, Cantor, who I said was missing for halves. So, yeah, and um, it's, it's tough because your your our second option is O'Quinn balled out for a backup center. You know, yeah. He, he didn't score 20 points, but he did a good job for a backup center, which shouldn't okay. be a highlight. Yeah, unfortunately, right. that's what we're that's where we're at. I feel like there's gonna be a lot of Knicks highlights like that this year. Um, so the, another part of the words and the talking Yanks, we used to do the Yankee Mother Fluffer. Uh, for the Knicks, I said we were gonna call it the Dolan of the week because the owner, James Dolan, I 
I was picturing the worst Nick thing I could, and that's what popped up in my brain. And I'm man, I've been flip flopping a little bit. I I don't I like to keep these short and sweet because I don't like to really give the hate. And I'm actually going to split it up right now because it's two things. I I my initial reaction was Tim Hardaway Jr. Just because he he had a couple off shooting games. It kind of is what it is. Again, you know, shoot or shoot. This guy's going to shoot a lot this year. He's going to have good nights and bad nights. It's not like he did anything terrible. I'd, I'd say, the, the like I mentioned before, with wing defense, you'd like to t- see him take a slight leap there and help out on that end. Um, I think the buckets will come. The other one, I mean, I, I kind of went this way after looking at the score sheet and kind of we were hoping this guy showed us a little something more this year because just because we need it. And Courtney Lee, man, Courtney Lee, Two games, 30 minutes, he's averaging six and a half points, two boards, two assists, which, man, I mean, and again, his PER this week was technically 2.7. I know small small sample size, two games, fam. But this is a guy that we've talked about when the Yanks want to play well. We kind of want him being like <laughs> our point guard. He's our best defender on the wing. Um, you kind of rely, you're going to get a couple, you know, a couple corner threes are going to go up. He can get a couple other buckets kind of doing his own thing. He wasn't really here this week. Again, short week, and I, I don't want to delve on it, but another guy who could be a trade asset too if <laughs> things go right or wrong. Yeah, I think my my uh, low points, my low guys for the week, obviously we've touched on the point guard position. Just as a as a whole, I think they, they win the award. Um, you just didn't see it. Just backup point guards playing starters minutes. We just have a uh, a good backup point guard play for twenty minutes and a bad backup point guard play for twenty eight minutes. <laughs> that's that's the Knicks this year. And then the other guy I think I, we have to mention is Hornacek. Just not putting Willie in the game. And it's I don't want to. It's not entirely his fault because he's he's not he was not given much to work with at the point guard position. Right. And he was given too much to work with at the center position, but. You you have to figure out how to put Willie Hernan Gomez in the game in my yeah mind. at he least played, for a stretch. What's he, he played four minutes for in two games combined. So just put him in like where where he put Frank in in the first game. He should have put Willie in like that type of minutes. Yeah, at least and so just see what he's got for those four minutes in the first half. Who cares about those four minutes anyway? Just get this guy into the game. Or, I mean, try to work out something where you got two of those centers, one of them playing power forward. I don't know. Work yeah. It Make it happen. I, I just thought of this, but, you know, he got a DNP coach's decision against the Pistons. And the Pistons are one of the few teams that plays a center basically the whole game nowadays. They go Drummond to Boban, yeah. um, who, again, another potential point guard candidate with Boban. But, I mean, that's 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 tough to see. You 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 have to give him a, you have to give him some run. I I know it's tough, but we'll see on that. Um, that yeah, and also, I, I think. Sorry. You got it. I was, I'm I'm going to move on to to Hornacek's defense. Okay. Last year, legitimately horrible. This year, not good so far. I mean, they played the Thunder. Not only gave up 107 points or something, which isn't terrible for the Thunder, but they lost by 20, so it was horrible. And then Stan Van Gundy, during an interview, said, "Like, yeah, I, I'm not really sure what they were doing. They had Porzingis on, Tobias Harris <laughs> at like the v- most important part of the game. So we just, we just went after that because we got this guy who's absolutely going off." being guarded by a seven foot three guy, this athletic wing being guarded by a seven foot three guy. I know you want Porzingis to be able to do that, but in reality, he's seven foot three. He's going to be slow. He's not going to be able to, to stick with that guy. And when the other team is like, wow, I can't believe they're giving <laughs> us that right now. That's when you know that you're not doing a good job. Yeah. That's, I was looking at some of the team stats. I mean, right now they're technically, Opponent points per game, they're 18th out of 30th, which is okay. Their points per game, 
is 28th out of 30th. And <laughs> I, this isn't a great attitude, but I, I don't, I'd rather see that number flipped. I'd rather see the offense clicking pretty good and the defense getting beat up. But right now it's the defense getting beat up and the offense not doing well. So, <laughs> And I we, we danced around this earlier because I, I thought we'd get to it here. We'll we'll do a quick good cop bad cop on Ron Baker. I'll I'll go good cop because you'll be better at the bad cop. Uh, the his second game Baker looked pretty good. His stat line was solid, and he looked like I said he looked like a respectable backup point guard for a little bit. He he passed the ball around a little bit. He it's kind of funny when he starts dribbling and doing something cool. It gets like an ooh and ah from the crowd because he's kind of like a white guy, which is <laughs> pathetic but true. Um, and the other thing you're, I'll mention it in the good note. And if, again, your brother kind of mentioned it in his bad note, his defense, he has a defensive skill set. He knows the game. He, he can anticipate. Um, and he's a hustle guy. So there, there were a couple, he got a steal and a couple pokes on just, you know, a point guard casually doing the rounds around a screen and Baker kind of cuts it off and jumps in front. So I get where Baker's getting some of the love but I'll let you go for the rest of it. Yeah, so if you ever read Nick's Reddit, if you go to the blog, the, the Nick's Reddit page, they're, they're, they love Ron Baker. You'd think that he played defense like Andre Roberson, but you see this guy play in a game one, like maybe his first play in the game, Russell Westbrook just... He's guarding Russell Westbrook, to be fair, but Westbrook didn't just drive past him he literally just posted him up took like three dribbles to the hoop and made a layup and was like that's not westbrook's game like i know it's westbrook but do something try to play defense he yeah. tipped he tipped some passes which is good he uh he also like gambles on defense to tip those passes and just leaves his man which is right. like i know like sometimes it's a good result but you just left your man wide open and if the other team is going to eventually realize that you do that every single time. They're just going to pass it to that guy, and he's just going to make a three. So, like, hey, don't do that, Ron. And then offensively, last season, he shot 26% from three. <laughs> this season, he missed his first one. He's made his next two. Yeah. So he's two for three on the year, which is an improvement over 26%. He is uh, not a good free throw shooter. He was, what was he, two for six in game one? <laughs> yeah, that was a- from from your point guard ron baker's was- shooting two for six it's like uh maybe you shouldn't be in the nba if you're the point guard shooting two for six and then i mean offensively cannot dribble a basketball like yeah uh, that's you can't dribble the basketball this guy's unguarded <laughs> dribbling the ball lost the ball more than one time against the Thunder. You're the point guard. Learn how to dribble. Nobody's guarding you. Don't throw behind back behind the back passes to the other team. Just just be a chill guy. Just dribble the ball. Pass it to Porzingis. <laughs> and I won't complain. Just dribble the ball. Go run to the corner. Stand there for the rest of the possession. And you you can have a thumbs up in my book. But sometimes Ron Baker's just like, all right, I'm I'm good. I know last year at one point he, like, had a good game. The next game he comes out, he's just, like, shooting step-back threes. And it's just like, Ron, what are you doing? Yeah, the, the, word, the words you were just using kind of reminded me of Kuzminskis from last year. There was games where Kuzminskis was finishing the games, looked like a solid shooter, like, role player. And there was games where he looked like he should have never been on an NBA court. And I think, <laughs> I think that's going to be the definition of Ron Baker this year. Yeah, and where where's Kuzminskis? You know, he's yeah. Bad. He he wasn't dressed yesterday again. You know, and I, he bad? I meant I mentioned the offense. And the, is he hurt? I don't think he's hurt. I think he might just be bad. Yeah. Well, I like yeah. him. I like the guy. When he's on, he's good. He's he's the type of guy who they pass him the ball and you think he's gonna make a three, but then he misses and you're like, ah, he he should have made that. He's good. <laughs> yeah. He's good enough to make it, but yeah. I think he yeah. misses. This is enough for us to be able to say that he's not a good shooter. He'll he'll find a way to dress soon, whether injury or whatever it is. 
Yeah, Lance, um, right Lance, now, hey, Lance Lance Thomas did, yeah. got a DNP coach's decision last game, too. So, I yeah. mean, Lance Thomas and Willie Hernan Gomez are guys that have finished out games for the Knicks, and they're getting DNPs. So, the, the rotation's definitely something to watch. Yeah. I mean, I like Lance. A lot of the time, his, his plus-minus looks pretty bad, but he looks good on the court. He's When he's knocking down threes, he's a good player. Yeah, I mean, you could say that about anybody, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if I if I make all my threes, I'd be pretty decent. Yeah. Um, let's uh, so uh, that that covers a lot of this week. I, next night call from way downtown. Bang. Um, no, I didn't put in that last part, and I probably won't ever speak in that voice again. But it's kind of the the look at the upcoming week, some thoughts, some predictions. We've got Tuesday at Boston, Friday home versus Brooklyn, Sunday at the Cavs. What do you what do you think, Greggy? We could be the Celtics. We could be the Nets. You said we could beat yes. those. We could Friday. beat those two teams. But I mean, will we beat those two teams? Is a better question. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I mean this this week we're just trying to get a win on the board, right? Whether it's yeah. against a depleted Boston or home versus the Nets. Yeah, uh, or or home versus the Cavs, but I, my uh, my thing of note for the Boston game is uh, Boston's so depleted right now. I mean, if I pride myself on knowing a lot of NBA guys and some of the guys they've got playing minutes off their bench right now, I've never heard of. Um, and that's kind of the Knicks' strength right now. Like <laughs> we've got depth. We've got guys like Beasley who can come in and do stuff. Um, the big men that we've talked about, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you wonder if if that's an important part of the matchup um, in Boston, they've still got Kyrie and some other guys that play good basketball. So I'm not, not expecting the win and Hey, <laughs> a loss is still okay, but that should be kind of interesting to watch. Yeah. And uh, Celtics won their first game the other day and leading the charge off the bench was Shane Larkin. Yeah. One, one of my least favorite players ever when he was on the Knicks, he was just, so bad. And then he went to the Nets, who were legitimately the worst team in the league the next season. And then he went to Europe because he was bad. And now he's on the Celtics for some reason. You know, because Danny Ainge was like, I guess there's no other players left. The Knicks just signed Ramon Sessions, so there must be no other backup point guards. <laughs> so let's, let's just get this guy guy while we can. Yeah, that had to be what happened. So that's that's the Celtics bench you're talking about. And Hopefully, I mean, if we could get Cantor or Hernan Gomez going against that bench, they could put up numbers against the bench. Well, well, like, I mean, we just tread water against the starters. Then those bench minutes, we could we could make moves. That could be our move going forward. Think about it, Jeff. I know you're listening. Yeah, Jeff Hornacek. Yeah, I mean, guys getting minutes for the Celtics. Aaron Baines. Aaron Baines getting a lot of minutes. Daniel Theus, Jabari Bird, um, Abdel Nader, who I do recognize from Iowa State, but shouldn't be getting big minutes for the team that was expected to win the East. So that'll be neat. Brooklyn, I mean, kind of a toss-up. Both teams want to win and lose. Cleveland is Cleveland. We'll, we'll see about that. Cleveland just lost to the, the Magic by, like, a lot. Last yeah, time. hey, I, in the a lot of basketball preview, I mentioned the Magic as something to mention, and everyone laughed at me. But, hey. Coach Frank Vogel, got to believe. Yeah, believe but land. Believe land in Orlando. <laughs> um, well, man, we, we covered a lot. I The last segment I kind of labeled as final thoughts. I was I was trying to think of another creative name here, like 60-second timeout, but, like, that doesn't make sense. That you're, sounds like a timeout. You're, uh, you're pretty bad at the creative names I've noticed. Yes, yes. Um, and I know what my best idea was. I was going to call it 30-second timeout last play of the game so I, in my head it was like okay you got 30 seconds to draw up your argument and then like another 24 to execute but that's like really dumb again so well uh, uh one minute for final thoughts um just anything that thought was missed i'll go first because i just made up this segment um no we we covered a lot i mean the 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 what to watch for this week is I mean, I still don't think the point guards are anything to watch. Um, I'd really like to see Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway Jr. kind of pick up their games. I guess that's that's what I'll be watching for this week. I know 
I know the bigs are going to give us something, you know, Beasley's kind of going to do his thing, whatever that thing is. I'd, I'd like to see a big, a big Tim Hardaway Jr. game and Courtney Lee be consistent. How about that? Yeah, I think you got to watch Chris Asporzingis and just see what he's doing. And then you should also watch Enos Cantor, our second option on the offense. If those guys are going, then the Knicks are going to be a fun team to watch. If not, then, you know, it's it's going to be ugly out there unless Tim Hardaway Jr. is doing something. You're just going to have Ramon Sessions shooting the ball, I guess. Yeesh. You don't want to see that. So continue to watch Porzingis develop. Watch Cantor just be a beast on the boards. Love, love his effort. You know, watch – Watch these effort guys, Cantor and O'Quinn. Those guys are fun to watch, at least, even if the Knicks aren't doing well. You love you love to see effort. Not Ron Baker, though. He tries really hard, but <laughs> he's an exception to the rule somehow. I don't know. We, we like effort from everyone except Ron Baker. Exactly. Um, well, I, man, I, I think that was a good pod. I, uh, I'll end it with kind of the generic stuff. Uh, subscribe on iTunes or whatever other forms, Android. Um, you know, Download the podcast, whatever whatever you want to do with it. Just give us a listen. Maybe you might like it. Um, and, yeah, we'll talk in Knicks on Twitter. Uh, me and Greggy are on there. We've got some other contributors. And we're uh, I think we're going to do post-game write-ups for every game. So um, check those out if you're into it. Monday. Um, Mondays. 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 And if you can't listen, they'll be posted Mondays. Listen then or listen whenever. And have your whole family listen to it and all your extended friends. So – uh thanks uh go nicks maybe but this was uh this was talking nicks thanks guys thanks for having me jake for having us <laughs>